Hello and welcome to Pot Lucky, a weed sommelier podcast. My name is Liz and I am your host and weed sommelier. I review weed products, recommend things to munch on, and talk to guests about their history with cannabis. I've been a consumer for 10 years and I am located in southern Maine, where it is legal medically and recreationally. I am joined today by the current and only Graham champion so far for Feeling Lucky, the game show I produce for Portland Media Center. It occurred to me now that I have done zero promotional work uh, for the, the game show that's a gen- bona fide on television. Um, so I invited Peter on the show to talk about it. Welcome to the show, Peter. Hello. Happy to be here. Oh, thank you. I, I'm also happy to be here. We're on hiatus right now recording episodes. And so far, three people have flaked on me. So I'm like, I'm, I'm going to count on Peter to come through. And now you're here sitting in my living room. All right. So moving on with the show. Uh, how long have you been a weed consumer? And do you have any weedy credentials you'd like to share? Um, I guess I first smoked weed when I was a sophomore, um, so that would have been, would have been about 19, maybe, so 17 years. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I meet people that say, like, 12 and 13 as a starting point, and I'm like, dang, I feel like that's... You know, I'm not going to yuck anyone's yum, but I feel like someone could have been watching their children a little bit better if you were getting into weed at 13. Yeah, it's pretty wild what, you know, how early some people start. I had, yeah, I had some friends who probably started that early, but I was, like, uh, I was afraid of everything when I was in high school, so, like, yeah, I didn't drink till till right before college, and then, yeah. Were you 21 at the time, or? No. Oh, oh, man. Well, this was a sting, and we got you, Peter. <laughs> Shit. Bring them in. But um, what what other weed accolades do you have? Um, I guess I just um, just remembered that I was on. I did some voices for a weed cartoon called Johnny High. Um, so that's cool. Yeah. So when you say voices, were these multiple characters where you, you were doing, or was I it just do the? Believe, yeah, I think I was multiple characters. Uh, I don't remember. I think I was one of, like, the bad guys. Like, a bumbling bad guy. I, w- I was not the protagonist. Um, maybe next time. Maybe next time? Maybe next time. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure, you know, creative... Hub- Portland is a creative hub, um, so I'm sure, you know, there's a Craigslist ad out there somewhere looking for, you know, someone to voice a bad guy in a weed cartoon. And... Yeah. <laughs> certainly hope so yeah um all right that's that's pretty impressive uh i have more questions about theater stuff later but moving on uh would you like to know about this week's weed product Mm -hmm. okay that was a very enthusiastic grunt i appreciate it so these (laughs) these are healer vitality gummies in the tangerine flavor i am unsure if they come in a different flavor um and these were given to me by a cool dude at a booth at the independent diamond brokers uh main growers marketplace event in early july um and these were actually given to me before they released in stores so this is like this is a thing that made me feel bona fide like like oh man i'm getting behind stage access to products that haven't even been released yet unfortunately i do not remember your name i'm gonna say it's travis there are a lot of travises in the world but uh kudos to you for you know tossing this my way i have thoughts to say about it but first we got to talk about the munchie moment for the week peter what do you like to snack on when you have the munchies okay 
So I was thinking about this. It's, it's a combo situation. So I think a combo situation. Uh, like combos the the peanut butter. <laughs> no, although those are great. Okay. Uh, but what I mean is that it starts with cheese its <laughs> and then you add on. So that's the salty. Just okay. like just like your classic cheese it No, no funny business. No, no parmesan. No white cheddar. No cheddar jack. Yeah, none of that. Just just your standard, and then you add on some chocolate chip cookies. Now those can be whatever you want. Okay. Um, like That's a sweet. like the famous Amos or like the Toll House, like those kind of chocolate chip cookies, or like do you got to make these? Uh, I mean, I think it's better if you make them, but <laughs> you know, you could do like the Hannaford, like sort of their homemade mm-hmm. situation. It could be sea salt caramel. Oh, um, those are uh, the devil um, put those there. They're four hundred ninety calories per per cookie, and it's wow. like seven hundred no seventy percent of your daily recommended sugar. Like, Whoa. yeah, sorry, go on. So good, um, but the trick is, yeah, you want to put it all in your mouth at the same time, so you get the salty and the sweet, and then you wash it down with milk, um, and it's the best. I'm tempted to argue with you over washing down cheeses with milk, but cheeses in the name, man, like that's kind of that's kind of the whole dealio. Mm, yeah. Wait, you don't think you should? I think. I can't think of a more appropriate beverage to wash down Cheez-Its with. Wine? Maybe if you're you're doing like a charcuterie platter or like a canned wine perhaps specifically. I haven't tried wine. Oh. It could be okay. I don't know. Milk is your go-to to to drink Cheez-Its? Or, you know. Yeah. Yeah? I I think the milk just, the smoothness works well with the sweet and the salty. Yeah. Man, you know, it's funny you say this because milk drink was really a question that threw you for uh, the the weed game show I did called Feeling Lucky. Um, one of those uh, segments was called Pokemon Mover Weed Strain and Milk Drink. Um, according to, I, it was either Matt or my brother who watched it recently and he said that you, you were really confused by that. And you know what, it's funny because you drink milk all the time, Peter. Wait, I had to figure out if that was a weed strain or a Pokemon? Yeah, or a Pokemon move. Oh, did I get it wrong? I thought, you know, I meant to watch the episode beforehand, but uh, it's too hot to turn the television on. I think I'm at that point in the summer where I'm like, fuck this, I'm reading a book. Um, there's no, you know, book adaptation of the game show yet. You know, working on that in the future. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, so is there any other, other layers or iterations of this? You got the chocolate chip cookie, whatever cookie, but it's the same, same cheese at each time? Yeah, I'd say so. I think I've tried other types of Cheez-Its and it's just not the same. Another combo that's almost as good is smart food popcorn with chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> Man, I think popcorn is probably, I feel like popcorn and milk is what my mom would make me eat when I would get home from school to make sure I didn't fall asleep. But, uh, wow. I'm a, it so, was, was it not delicious? I'm just trying to figure out how you eat something like this, Peter. Do you turn it into a paste beforehand? Do you make a cookie sandwich? Like, no, I'm trying to, I'm trying, like, how, oh, so you're just shoving the snacks in at the same in, time. You kind of chew a little bit. Yeah, then you put the other one in and chew it. And then, but you do, I, I just do this all the time. <laughs> but, like, you put the milk in before you swallow. It's just, it's just, you really get it all together. It's a three-part situation. Sounds like you're making a really complicated soup or, um... Mm-hmm. Have you seen the meme where people are like, oh, you eat the ramen brick and snort the powder and then uh, chug boiling water? That sounds like what you're doing, but, um, you know, the a softer a softer side of that? Hopefully it's better than that. That sounds terrible. 
terrible. Yeah. yeah. So I was gonna ask, you know, how did you start eating multiple foods at one time? But like, I don't know, magic. Yeah. Yeah. Just you just feel like there's something missing, and you just try to you start to experiment a little bit. That's an interesting take. So that was popcorn and chocolate chips, or and milk. And milk. Okay. In my head, I was imagining a chocolate chip cookie. Like, how the heck does Peter like a cookie sandwich? Perhaps. Oh well, yes. Yeah, we're in the cookie. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so you're doing the popcorn, and then you're kind of eating the cookie at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Sorry. Okay, so besides uh, Cheez-Its, chocolate chip cookie, and or chocolate chips, and popcorn, what else would go on this charcuterie board of, you know, snack time for Peter? Uh, sea salt and vinegar, Cape Cod chips, um, and occasionally some combos, like you were talking about. Yeah, earlier. what flavor combo do you reach for? Um, I guess just like your standard like pretzels with uh you know those little like pretzel kind of cube things with with peanut butter inside and like the big salt things. <laughs> the big salt. Mm-hmm. Like that. No bullshit. Tiny, tiny tiny salt. Yeah. So there are actually different grades of salt. There's like table salt versus mm-hmm. kosher salt um, versus like rock salt, and then there's the road salt we get in Maine. So if you, I, I imagine like a northern homemade combos recipe could utilize some of that sidewalk salt mm-hmm. yeah. um, and really, really make it New England's best. Um, alrighty, uh, Peter, do you happen to know what time it is? Mm, I don't. Is it time for another segment? Uh, yes, it is time for the smoke break. Uh, are you ready to do some weed? Okay. The Maine Women's Cannabis Connection is calling all festival goers, live music lovers, and cannabis enthusiasts to join us August 17th for our first annual Maine Cannabis Festival. Join us for a day of community fun and reggae beats to finish off the day. Our event will take place Thursday, August 17th at Stonehenge, where doors will open at 4 p.m. It will be a day of community team building, competition, games, prizes, eating competition, food trucks, a reggae show, and more. Field day activities will include both individual and team-based events. Teams will be competing in groups of six. Jam out and sesh to live performances by reggae icon and cannabis composer Perfect Gidimani and the energetic Adrian Mac Davis, whose vibrant sound will get you dancing. No team but want to compete? $35 nets you a single-person entry, and don't worry, you'll be on an amazing team curated from other companies and people without full teams of six. It is a $10 donation to get in if you're not on a team. A donation of $25 will secure a gift bag while surprise last. A portion of proceeds will go towards our featured charity. This is an outdoor event, so please dress accordingly. Stay tuned for exciting updates and announcements. My name is Liz Lane and I suffer from a chronic illness. I spend most of my time focusing on taking care of myself in pain management. However, there are certain things I just can't do for myself that make a huge difference when it comes to my quality of life. I've been working with my massage therapist, Kayla, at Ascension Massage since she was a student. 
Kayla and I have developed a trust that allows me to relax and her to accomplish body work that leaves me feeling like my pain no longer consumes me constantly. Massage therapy has given me part of my life back that I thought was gone for good. Kayla and her mother Carrie are accepting clients seven days a week in Kennebunk. Reach out to them at ascensionmassagemain.com and they'll be in touch. We are back. Peter has a weed word that he would like to share with us. If you or a friend have a word that you think deserves airtime, leave us a message on Anchor. Make sure to include your name, a definition, and its use in a sentence. I guarantee you, if you do this, it will be on the show pending absolute foulness. All right, take it away, Peter. So I kind of just made this up, but I think it fits. Um, Sometimes when I smoke weed, which is pretty rarely, but so when I do, I get pretty high and the world kind of turns into a cartoon and so my word is getting skeeter high <laughs> skeeter is from, from the cartoon Doug, yeah um, and there's really no reason specifically that it would be skeeter but Doug was a favorite uh, cartoon of mine when I was a kid so it's, I feel like it was on at 7am maybe every morning before maybe 6.30 before school Remember when you had to wake up at 8 o'clock every morning and then you, like, went to school for several hours and then went home and... <sighs> yeah, we had... Our high school started at 7.20. So I was up at, like... I was up at 6.30 feeding our rabbits. Sometimes in the middle of winter. And then, yeah. I was just exhausted every day of high school. Yeah. I... I don't understand how the so the Twilight series takes place with vampires in high school and I just don't understand why you would go through high school over and over again when college is like you could be rolling in, in the degrees like I don't understand hearing more about Twilight nothing about that series makes any sense whatsoever yeah there was a there was a post online that said you know Bella's dad is the most interesting character in Twilight cuz her his daughter is dating a vampire his best friend is a werewolf um, and like the, he's the sheriff of a small town where like mystical creatures live, um, and oh, technically to all the the Twilight fans, I know Jacob is like a the child of the moon as opposed to a traditional werewolf. However, does not matter in this podcast. We're not. This isn't um actually. We're not that pedantic. Um, I forgot what we were talking about, but yeah, you got to you got to use that in a sentence, Peter. Oh, Skeeter. Uh, Skeeter High. Uh, last time I took a 10 milligram edible, I got skeeter high and stared at the ceiling for four hours. Was there like a fan or anything that you were watching? Um, I think it was a light that was off. Yeah. But there were many thoughts. <laughs> Fair enough, you know. Uh, have you seen Queen's Gambit by any chance? I have. I, I really appreciate how she can visualize stuff on the ceiling. And I'm like, I wish. Mm, right. If I if I could visualize how to do like twenty forty eight on a ceiling, I think I would be a lot better at it. Have you played twenty forty eight? No. Okay, so Heard like you start with um well uh, oh my gosh, it's a phone game um and so it's, you get like tiles that are like two and four and so you have to combine the twos until they're four and it doubles until you get twenty forty eight. Um, so like you, there are tiles that are like 68 or 64, 32, and you have to slide them together to combine them until you get 2048. And it's on like a four by four grid. Um, 
much like a chessboard, but a lot, a lot sillier was what I was going for. I believe that game, the concept was stolen from other creators. Unfortunately, that's the only name I know it by. And it's just like, it's become my, if I'm watching something, I need to do something with my hands, just like. Gotcha. The thing I do with my hands. Yeah. All right. Well, how are you feeling, Peter? I'm good. How are you feeling? I, I know sweating is our body's way of cooling it down, but I just feel so uncool when I sweat. I feel like, um. Like, you ran up the stairs and are late for a meeting, and you came in, you have Starbucks in one hand, and you're just kind of doused in sweat in the other, and everyone's looking at you. That's how I feel right now, sweat-wise. Um, it's very hot in my house. However, it's got a roof. It's got it's doors. True. Yeah. What, what more can I ask for? Got a sweet cat. Yeah, I got two, sweet, got cats. two sweet cats. Yeah. Got a little kitty cat couch. Um, maybe I'll post a picture of the my cat couch my friend Kathleen made me um because it's cool my it little is very cool yeah I just what else am I gonna do with a small corner in my living room I can't do anything else with I like that there's a tiny chair next to it also the tiny chair is a recent addition that that peacock chair is actually very famous um it's on a lot of album covers um I can't name any right now but I'm sure Fleetwood Mac probably has one but um yeah that peacock chair normally it's like painted white um but apparently it has pretty famous origins, according to a Vox video I have to remember watching. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so talking about the weed, uh, wa- looking at it initially, um, I was not terribly impressed by the packaging, mostly because of... I'm going to talk about the negatives first, because there are a lot of positive. It says, uh, physician-developed, lab-tested, vegan, all-natural, gluten-free, no corn syrup on the back. Um, and so some of that information is useful, such as being vegan and gluten-free. However, other information such as, you know, physician-developed, lab-tested, um, no corn syrup are all kind of like all natural. These are all really loaded terms that don't necessarily mean anything. Um, however, they do have a physician. Dr. Sulak is pretty entangled with Healer, um, and I believe that's his company, and he's a, a bona fide doctor. Lab-tested, I actually know the lab, um, and I've interviewed them on the show before. Nova Analytics did the cannabinoid testing and heavy metal testing for this product. Um, yeah, I like that it has pictograms to go with it. So initially this was a turnoff because all natural doesn't mean anything. Like, um, the only thing that, uh, uh, like organic, do you know what the term organic actually means, Peter? Uh, I'm not sure. I I figured no pesticides and, uh, yeah. Yeah, so you, uh, that's the kind of association that word has, but all organic means is made of carbon. Like, you and I are both carbon beings. Um, carbon-based life forms, according to TV shows in the 90s featuring aliens. Um, yeah, so this is one-to-one CBDA to CBGA. These are precursors to CBD and CBG. Um, CBD, I've been told, is better for relaxation and calming down, and CBG is more for your muscles. However, I'm not a doctor. Uh, I've been taking these for a couple of days, and I actually, I, I enjoy the taste. Uh, they're not, you know, something I would traditionally reach for. This, I, I think, would fall under more of like a vitamin that you take kind of daily category or like a, wor- a post-workout supplement. Um, but I've been told this product is for... Um, immune support, pain, and inflammation after physical activity and energy, asterisk. And so my biggest question was, what does the asterisk mean? Is the asterisk for this whole sentence or is it just for energy? Um, so that's my biggest complaint so far about this is I could not find the other asterisk. Um, I mean, there's another one actually um, that says 
uh, percentage daily value, and that has an asterisk. However, that has, um, you know, this is uh, a daily value. So those two are associated. Where the heck is the other? Where's the footnote here? Do I have to keep digging for it? Does the label, like, peel off? You know what? That's a that's a good question. However, it's not... No. Um, I was actually going to say, no, I don't think it's meant to be peeled off, but this kind of jar is reusable um if you replace some of the stickers and that's that's a plus i'm I'm great on being able to reuse stuff um like i wish companies would take back their their cannabis plastic but um that's another that's another article for another day um it has ingredients it says no corn syrup on here but the first ingredient is tapioca syrup and i'm not entirely sure you know that just seems like a a replacement sweetener these are gummies obviously so they're going to be sweet and have uh, sugar but the first two ingredients are sugar um so i'm not I don't know, I'm not huge on that as a health food, like, supplement type dealio, but this seems like a little, you know, in an ideal world, this would be like a post-workout little treat. When you got, you know, that funky water bottle taste in your mouth because you forgot to wash, you got this little, like, little orange dude. It's like, you know, sweet, light, not too big, apparently helps with post-workout stuff. Um, I'm not quite sure what it means. I feel like they should have rephrased this for, um... Uh, to say for immune support, pain, uh, immune support, energy, pain, and inflammation after physical activity. That would be a lot less confusing. Um, yeah, there's no caffeine in here. I'm not quite sure where the energy is coming from. Maybe it's just the color scheme. It's, it's a very pretty orange, I will say. Um, Tennessee orange is something like when I, when I spot a, like that Tennessee orange in public and like someone's wearing a Tennessee shirt, it feels like I just spotted Waldo, like, I don't know, this this jar gives me good feelings. On the bottom, I was going to complain about uh, a lot of missing information. However, this has a QR code um, leading you to the test results, not only for this product, but for their other products as well. It has a batch ID, an order ID, and an expiration date. Uh, batch number is incredible. Expiration date's even better, because that's not something I see in a lot of cannabis products. Um, and I don't want to take things... I mean, they're food, right? They're meant to be consumed. So I want to be sure that I'm doing this at the ideal time. Um, not that I'm against eating stale weed gummies. We've all been there. Um, there's a farm license also and an address. Um, I believe there's also a phone number on here somewhere. Um, so congrats to this label. It is a lot better than I thought it would be upon closer inspection. It it really had a lot of information, which is always what I'm looking for, um, with weed products. Uh, yeah, I, I believe, oh, so, uh, taste-wise, this was pretty pretty yellow pretty light uh they dyed it with uh elderberry juice and turmeric which is a very crunchy thing to get your colors from but i appreciate not using artificial dyes um yeah i wish it didn't have so much sugar however i got these for free i'm i'm grateful uh i'd probably rank the packaging like an eight out of nine um product's great i would try this um yeah peter do you have any weed you'd like to shout out well, I was just wondering if, for the asterisk on this, if they wanted you to supply, you know, what 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 it was for. Yeah. What you might put. So you're saying I need to add my own label, or? Maybe to that part. I was thinking maybe like, no no human flesh in this. Oh. You know, just so you know. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. If you're wondering. You know, Tim Tams. I saw a label that said contains human flesh. I don't know if that was edited because this was the internet. However. I don't know. I mean, we're not in Australia. Tim Tams aren't exactly a worry. Um, okay. Yeah, so I was, like, looking inside the bottle. Like, maybe the asterisk means, Charlie, you've won. You get the whole weed gummy factory. Um, that's not the case. 
Um, so I know this product uh, has recently been released in stores. I'm curious to hear what other people have. Um, you know, comment if you've had this and have enjoyed it. Even if you haven't enjoyed it, I encourage you to comment. Um, and that is the end of Puff Pass Peer Review. Moving on to Blowing Smoke, the interview portion. Peter, what was your first experience with weed? Oh, man. Um, I think it was the summer after my sophomore year of college. And my friends did the thing with knives. Oh, hot knifing, yeah. I think hot knifing. Mm-hmm. I can't. Do you put the knife on a burner? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then there was peanut butter involved. And we. So. Were there crackers also involved? There may have been. Okay. I got very high. Um, we watched a movie that I'm sure I forgot immediately. Um, yeah. That's what I remember. You know, that sounds like a firecrackers and a hot knife kind of experience. I, you know, from what I've heard about those more traditional methods, more primitive methods of consuming weed mm-hmm. that our ancestors did. Right. And you did, apparently. Um, yeah, that's, uh, sounds par for the course for, uh, getting stoned on, a some old-timey methods, I suppose. Do you know why we would have done it that way? Oh, so um, I'm not entirely sure about hot knifing. That's not something I've done before, but when you don't have an apparatus to smoke through, like an apple um, and a picture of Marilyn Monroe and a ballpoint pen, you can turn that into a pipe real easy. Uh, Or a family album or a Bible page. Um, You know, the back of those Bibles got a bunch of blank pages. People used to write family histories down in them, and now people use them to smoke the reefer. Um, but yeah, so hot knifing, I'm, I, I haven't done it, but you heat it up and then you like get a straw and inhale or something. Was it like a concentrate or was this weed that you were, uh... I think it was weed. Mm. Yeah. I'll have to, I'll have to ask the Oracle, some older people I know yeah. about, about hot knifing. Uh-huh. Um, but so firecrackers, you need a decarboxylate weed if you're going to eat it. Um, so the easiest way to do that is to put it in the oven for a while, um, after you grind it and let it turn brown. Um, that decarboxylates it and makes the THC available for your body to absorb and so a common way to do that you need an oil for the THC to bind to um, peanut butter is really popular um, two crackers we did not have peanut butter or crackers in college so we got the peanut butter crackers from like the convenience store on campus um, yeah I'm not going to say which campus this was on but uh yeah, that's a that's a cheap method to do. It costs about you know fifteen dollars, assuming most of that's the weed. Um, yeah, so that was your that was your first experience with weed. Um, what is uh you know what was the next one like that in your general you know history of consumption up to up to now? Um, I've always been a pretty sparse weed consumer, I'd say. Um, I just have kind of random flashes of smoking at college and like. I never really knew how to not get super crazy high, so, like, I have one memory of just, like, I was inside, but it felt like half of the room just sort of, like, was gone, and so, like, half the room was normal, and the other half was just, like, the universe, I guess, um, so that was intense, um, I'm trying to think of other times I've been high, uh, so was this, you know, smoking, edibles, like, what is, uh, you know, you, do you have a preference for, you know, consuming? Um, what I seem to do now is, like, once a year I'll take a 10 milligram edible, <laughs> and then that'll just blow my mind for the day. And I, it'll be like, I'm confused about my life, let me take this edible, and sometimes it helps, 
sometimes it's just like, whoa, what happened? Um, you know, which is fine. So, yeah. I tried smoking a joint a couple months ago, and I just got really high and dizzy, and I was just like, ah, I can't. I don't remember if you and I have smoked together previously. There have certainly been situations where I've so. been doing weed, and you've just kind of been there. Um, Judging. Yeah, well, I didn't necessarily think judging. Um, I, I remember the first com- couple conversations we had uh, outside of improv. You may have been stoned, but I would ask you a question, and uh, to quote Peter directly, Haha, yeah. <laughs> Probably wasn't stoned, because oh. I'm very rarely stoned. Um, Fair enough. But if that was that an appropriate answer... No. I mean, <laughs> okay. I, well, oh, I'm sorry. Generally, when I ask someone a question, the answer isn't, oh, yeah. Well, if you were asking for some agreement, do you remember what these things were? I don't know. It was probably, I don't know, maybe your favorite color, or just like a, something, definitely something that was oh, not. Like something that you needed an answer for. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. I mean, that well, was just, that was you, Peter. I don't know how to explain that then. I was explaining it with weed, now I don't have an explanation, so that's. Mm, maybe I didn't hear you. That's, you know what, fair enough. Uh, that's the other, you know, popular, like, uh... It's orange. Oh, like, like this color orange? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe not quite that, but... Yeah. Ish. I like, um, yeah. I like a really uh, illuminated orange, like, uh, like in a jack-o'-lantern or like a sunset. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. I don't know if I have a specific hue of orange it has to be. I like, like, fall orange. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. I have another question. Um, how has weed changed in your lifetime? You know, you started 17 years ago. That's oh, almost that's almost 20 years. It's changed quite a lot. Um, I never had to do this, but my friends talked about when they were in high school having to go to just some dude's house, <laughs> some, like, 25-year-old, and just knocking on the door and being like, can I get your weed, you know, and dealing with the awkwardness of that, which sounds insane. <laughs> it's like a... 15 year old to just go to some random person's house um, are you familiar with trick-or-treating peter i am okay it's a little different <laughs> scenario but i guess similar um but and they also like we we grew up in i grew up in a town that did not have much going on crime-wise so the cops i think the cops also got a grant specifically to go after teens for drinking and for <laughs> weed so they kind of got on the cops' radar and got, like, they got pulled over on their bikes in a <laughs> supermarket parking lot. Um, You're missing a reflector in the they, back. Yeah, they they just asked them if they could search them, which is not legal, I don't think. Um, but I think they didn't have anything on them, so they're like, whatever, sure. But, yeah, just kind of nonsense like that that they had to deal with. Um, I do think one of them got busted at one point and had to do community service. Um, so, yeah, that was pretty dumb. And, yeah, I don't know. There was always, like, a stigma in general, I feel like. You know, obviously not everyone, but, like, there was definitely people looked down on people who smoked weed. It was, like, it was, like, a bad thing, even though, like, weed just seems so much better than alcohol in lots of ways. And now it's totally legal here, and it's totally different. Um, and that's awesome. So yeah, it's been a crazy transformation. It is awesome, I agree. 
my mom, um, she still lives in an illicit state, but she comes up to visit. And so she's like, people give you this stuff for free? And I'm like, well, I have a weed podcast. But yeah, generally, like, you know, you can get, um, oh my gosh, you can get a, a lot of stuff up here. Like, not just weed anymore. I'm not going to say that weed is a gateway drug, but legally, I think, you know, legalizing weed opens up a lot of other areas for experimentation with non-traditional medicine. Not like homeopathy, which is bullshit. Um, you know, that's when you get like a tiny drop of something and you dilute it and dilute it. Um, that just sounds like weak ass lemonade, my man. Um, so I forgot what I was saying, but yeah, like, um, psilocybin and whatnot, level MD. Thank you very much for sponsoring that episode. But there's also like Kratom or, um, horse tranquilizers. Um, I'm, I need to know the names for this, but like, you know, like, um, you know, to treat like chronic illnesses using different kinds of medication like uh, ayahuasca or, or what have you. So hopefully Maine leads the forefront in that and maybe that can be our next tourism gig, you know, having people do, you know, Maine grown mushrooms in the Maine grown woods. That would be amazing. To gather, you know, non psychoactive mushrooms because I think that would, I would, that would be tight. That would be cool. Yeah. I mean, ketamine therapy is definitely becoming a thing too i don't know if that's legal probably i don't think it is in maine yet but maybe maybe soon i think i think that's what i meant by horse tranquilizers Uh, but okay not like not like a like (laughs) whenever i heard the word horse tranquilizers when i was younger i imagined like a blow dart type situation like a a jockey on a horse Mm -hmm. um that's not the case uh yeah so moving on I have less weed-related questions and more, um, like, theatrically-related questions. Peter is the... What's the word? Um, but, uh, do you have a title you like to give yourself when it comes to, like, the Improv Incubator? Like, what what do you like to call yourself? Uh, I guess, like, the organizer? Yeah. yeah. Um, so Peter is the Improv Organizer for Portland... Oh my gosh, it's such a mouthful trying to put this together, but, uh... Peter does improv. He, you know, is in charge of groups most time. And you've also, you know, you let other people lead. Was, was there like a, you know, how did that start happening? You know, as opposed to you, you know, leading the group? Oh, um, I don't know. I think it became clear pretty early that lots of people coming had lots of experience doing improv, um, like more than me. Um, and it just kind of made sense to like, get other people's like perspective and bring in whatever games you know have them bring in their their own stuff um and also like it's not as stressful now but it was like i hadn't like run anything before like that with like where anyone could just show up so it was like pretty stressful for the first like six months i would say and um it was less stressful to have someone else host it so it was nice to take off a little bit of the pressure um, and I think it's good to, yeah, it's good to not have one person be in charge of something, I think. Um, yeah. I have attended a few of the, like, uh, mutual acquaintance, Michael-led one, Sydney. These You guys aren't going to know these people unless you're in the improv group, which I hope if someone's in improv and listening, you tell me what you think of the episode. Um, but I also led um, musical improv. Yeah, that was so cool. Yeah, I, I don't people are asking to do it again but in my the back of my head i have that imposter syndrome and i'm like are they really asking me to do it again or is this just what you say afterward but um you know musical improv is something that i 
don't have a ton of experience in other than the sense that I pick up something and I honk away and everything you do is improv. So tangentially related, I have done a lot of musical improv before. However, um, it was fun, like, splaying people out like a keyboard and then pointing at them and making them make a noise. I felt very powerful. Yeah, it was super fun. Yeah. Well, I, I'm glad that I had the opportunity to do that. Yeah. Um, did you have any gateway theater experiences when you were younger that you got you into the, you know, the dramatic arts? Um, I didn't. Not until my late 20s, I would say. I was... All math and science, we, you had to take an art class in high school, like, to graduate, and somehow I was able to take a computer science class <laughs> as my art class, which is ridiculous. <laughs> um, but I was in Boston for a year, and I was working a terrible job, and super lonely and found a thing called the Improv Incubator in Harvard Square, the Democracy Center, and I worked up the courage to go there because I'd never done any kind of acting or performing before, um, so it was pretty tough to show up and do that, and it was awesome. So that was that was sort of the start. How long did you attend the Incubator in Boston? Um, kind of off and on for a couple months, I'd say. Um, it wasn't like I went every week kind of thing, but um, yeah, enough to be like, this is cool. Um, and yeah, after that, I was in, uh, I, oh, I was an extra in Boston. That was the first time I worked as an extra on Joy. So that was super cool. Joy? Um, yeah, it's a David O. Russell film with Jennifer Lawrence. Um, for, uh, she's like the inventor of the like mop and it's about like the like shopping <laughs> network <laughs> the inventor of the <laughs> not mop? the mop but like the like the Swiffer Wedget uh, maybe the... yeah something something that was like uh yeah new um but that was it was so neat like cause they had a like um part of the set was like it rotated out and like showed like it was like maybe like a curved wall and then it rotated and you could see the actual set and so like as it rotated out I could see like David O. Russell and Jennifer Lawrence and like everyone they're just all right there which is like this is pretty cool <laughs> so yeah that was a neat sort of intro to that world oh uh, have you ever do you have any other you know extra experience I have a ton yeah I was in LA for a year um and that was like the main way I made money so um yeah, it was like three shows a week per year uh, in movies and stuff. So, yeah, that was super cool. Um, so you're not going to name drop the things you were in so we can uh, build a Peter discography, including uh, starting with that weed cartoon you were in? Oh, uh, um, Johnny High? Jimmy High? Jimmy High. Jimmy? Jimmy okay. High. Um, by Seb Blumenfeld. Um, Your roommate? Uh... No, he. I met him in Boston, and then he moved to Irvine, California, so he was out there when I was in L.A., so it was close enough to, to collaborate. Um, some show, I was in uh, Ford v. Ferrari, the movie. What? Um, Glow. Um, 911. Like Reno 911? No, I wish. Oh, uh, yeah, that's... I was on Silicon Valley, which was cool. 
That was one I wanted to be on for a while. Um, it's always sunny. What? What? Um, what? You didn't? Oh. <laughs> Mind blown. So what was the situation behind It's Always Sunny? This is new information. Um, was it two episodes? It, it was at least one where they go to the zoo. Um, and I got to be right next to Danny DeVito for one of those scenes. And he was super chill. He was like... He was next to some like kid, and so he just like, he was just like, "How old are you?" <laughs> he was like, "I'm seven. He was like, "I don't even remember that far back." And like, he was just super nice dude. Uh, yeah, That's, that was cool. Were you on ca- like camera? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah I mean, I mean, you know, for brief, brief moments. I mean, um, cumulatively, probably at this point, you have like I don't know half an hour of screen time. You could make like a. That's generous. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, probably not that. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, it was cool. It was also just stressful to, like, get the work. They had a crazy system where you had to, like, they would post it on Twitter, and then you have to, like, call in, like, a hundred times to, like, get the job. So, yeah, it took up a lot of time. Um, you know, historically, monks would made other make other monks wait outside for a fortnight to, to you know, gain access mm-hmm. to their their inner sanctums and their knowledge and whatnot. So, I mean, I'm not saying <laughs> there's not a historical precedence or that it was yeah. a dick move, but, uh, I mean... I think back in the day, you would just, like, show up on the lot, and then they would just, like, go around and just, like, point at people. <laughs> Which sounds better, honestly, because you'd know, at least, like do something else with your day i guess sounds like a human cattle kind of call or like in movies where people show up outside of a hardware store to get like day laborers right that doesn't sound glamorous yeah no i mean it wasn't glamorous either still but sometimes you get good food what was the best food you got on set like sometimes you would get the same food as the real actors so you get like cheesecake and salmon um like yeah legit good food but on ford v ferrari um, they got, like, In-N-Out Burger delivered, like the real actors did, and then we had to make our own peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for dinner, so that was kind of a bummer. Um, yeah. You could have had sleep for dinner. I mean, that's just slightly less sad. <laughs> uh, slightly more sad, I suppose. Yeah. So, I, if I'm recalling correctly, you also met Dave Grohl under similar living in California circumstances. I did. Um, yeah. So you, like, you kind of sometimes the, there were different sites to get the work, the extra work, and one of them you just like submit yourself online, and they would usually. <laughs> <laughs> how, do, how does that process work? Uh, you gotta you gotta um, scan yourself in a three D no, printer. No. no, they just like advertise what it is, and usually they like exaggerate it. So like this one was like, like, very popular American band having a music video shoot, and needs they were looking for a mascot and. That was all. That was so. I just submitted my name, and I might have said I had mascot experience, which I did not. Um, and then, like a month later, they were like, "Like, can you be here tomorrow?" And I show up, and they give me a mascot costume, which is a jackalope, um, which is like a rabbit with antlers. Oh, I know what a jackalope is. I, my my senior thesis album was about cryptids, but sorry, go nice. on. I had a feeling you did, but maybe your listeners uh, didn't. You know, I that's my B. That, <laughs> that, that's galaxy brain thinking, Peter. Sorry, go on. Uh, so they were like, you know, stripped down and put on this mascot uniform. I was like, all right. So I get in the trailer. There's a dude in there with, um, he's in a cheerleader outfit. Um, and I'm just like, hey, uh, just heads up. I'm going to be getting naked and getting this costume on. He's like, okay, cool. So he, he leaves. 
uh, and I put on the Jack Luke costume, I get out, you know, outside the trailer, and then someone just hugs me from behind, like someone else, and I'm just like, what? And then he comes around, and it is Dave Grohl in a cheerleader outfit and wig, and he just, like, puts his hand out, and he's like, hey, I'm Dave. Was that the guy that you kicked out of the trailer? So that was someone else from the Food Fighters. Okay. Oh. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Who I just didn't recognize. Um... And I was just sort of, I didn't say anything, I don't think. I was just like, uh, okay. <laughs> and then he, he left. And then, uh, yeah, usually, you know, as a non-union extra, there's like hundreds of you, but for some reason they picked me for this shoot, and they were like, it was me and the stuntman, and then the very small crew and the Foo Fighters, like, for the rest of the day. But they thought that I, like knew how to do mascot stuff and I like definitely didn't <laughs> and so the rest of the shoot was basically just them like realizing that and like cutting me out of more and more of the the shoot so <laughs> no cartwheels no backflips no front no, handsprings no the the only thing they let me do was pretend to have gotten hit and I'm on a stretcher being carried away and that was it <laughs> so I don't think they were too impressed with me, but I had a good time. I'm wicked impressed with you. That's incredible. What, so what was the name of the music video? So it was a, f a Super Bowl promo. Um, so you could probably find it if you search, like, Foo Fighters Super Bowl promo. Interesting. Um, yeah. So you've lived a number of places. Obviously, you live in Maine at this point. You've lived in California. I also know you've lived in Canada. So are there any other, you know, places uh, that... that uh, Pete, I want to say Peter Appleseed, but uh, Johnny Appleseed. You know, you just like you know spread to the corners of the globe. Where have you? Where else have you lived? I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I was born on the Outer Banks, North Carolina. So there until I was six. Then we moved to Culpeper, Virginia, for a year and a half. Then we moved to Maine. Then I went to school in Canada. Then I transferred to Wash U in St. Louis for a semester. And then I finished up in at USM in Portland. Moved to Boston for a year, moved back moved to LA for a year, and then moved back. Um, Did you move back to Portland? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty much it. LA, and then back to back to you know Maine. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. What did you end up studying? I know, I know, you have a pretty like a calico kind of degree. I believe you you changed your. Uh... Oh, I switched around a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have a biology, just general bio degree. Yeah. I didn't know what I was doing. That's what I got. Any classes that really come in handy, uh, you know, years later that you can think of? Oh, um, I don't know bio classes, but I, when I like, I was computer science and then I was like, I can't do this. And then I just kind of took whatever. I took like a sociology and music class that was pretty cool. Um, they had a lot of like guest speakers and one dude came in that I think he maybe he was like a singer or musician and he was like our culture has taken away our voices we need to take them back <laughs> it was a cool cool thing just true it's like not acceptable really to sing unless you're like good or maybe unless you're at karaoke i was about yeah, to say but i've but even i go to karaoke and people just nailing it i don't know if that's where people that didn't make it on broadway congregate but i would not be surprised considering yeah it seems like it sometimes like yeah Hashtag East Ender, the only carry bar, Oki bar I know of that is open regularly on the weekdays. Um, so kudos to that. And they have a new system. So it's actually the words are synced with the music now, which is amazing. 
you know, that's all I could ask for when it comes to karaoke. Um, yeah, so while we are running out of time, uh, the last few questions here, um, you know, moving, you know, all over, did you notice any difference in the weed culture? I know you said you were pretty sporadic, but curious what Canada's like when it comes to... Um, Canada was similar to Maine at the time, so it was not legal in Canada at that point, but there was lots of weed being smoked on the campus, and it seemed about on par with alcohol in terms of, like, it, like, most people on, on a campus are underage, um, so, yeah, it seemed about the same in terms of it, the amounts that people were getting in trouble for it, so, which is not a big deal, but actually in Wash, at Wash U, it seemed like a much bigger deal. Um, was that Washington State? No, it's in Missouri, St. Louis, uh, Missouri. okay. So it seems, like, much more looked down on there, um, that would have been 2007-ish, I don't know if it's changed now. What yeah. places had the best weed so far? <laughs> the best weed? Um, I got pretty stoned in India off of hash. India? Yeah. Alright, okay, I'm walking back a little. Places that you've, like, you know, been also, in, like, you know, places that you've lived in that kind of category. Where else have you been? India uh, is new. Um, just two. So I backpacked through Central America for a couple months, and I backpacked in India for a couple months. What was backpacking like? I assume that means living out of a backpack, right? Yeah, sort of. But, like, you're staying in hostels. Not, not like, sleeping in a tent situation. Um, it's awesome. Hostels are, like, the f- some of the friendliest places you can go because everyone's just kind of there for a night or two, and you've probably been places, and they've been places, and so you just naturally have something to talk about, and, like, you know, it's just exciting to be places I've been are also super affordable like most of India is probably like everything costs about a tenth as much as it does in the US so like you eat all you can eat for a dollar eating out if I make your own meal for like 20 cents um, I'm curious about the fruit situation but I don't know if you're paying attention to the quality of the fruit in India uh, I know bananas are popular um, so it can be trouble in India to eat fresh stuff just because like the water can be you know contaminated so I feel like I wasn't eating that many fresh fruits but I was in East India in Meghalaya and they have this thing called jackfruit which we have here yes Uh, we don't have here but you can get it here Um, that was delicious Um, did you have young jackfruit or um, the like the older jackfruit which would have been sweeter I believe I had both so they would yeah it would sometimes be in the salad and it would not be sweet and then sometimes they just give us like a ripe jackfruit like gooey delicious. yeah i um oh man oh i forgot to talk about my munch for this episode uh rewinding a little bit my recommended munch for this week thank you um is uh pretzels and chocolate hummus yep couldn't get couldn't get simpler than that they sell in a little package at hannaford i you know i have a hard time eating but chocolate hummus is pretty pretty baller in most situations um they have other kinds of hummus. Red pepper is probably my second favorite, but that comes with chips, and I'm not I'm not down to eat chips. I'm almost always down to eat pretzels of some sort. Um, yeah, oh, sorry, jumping back into thing, I uh, I realized you know I for, I did forget a segment earlier. One time I completely forgot to talk about the weed, and that's like that's like the name of the show, man. So we had to uh, add something back on. Um, so in the process of backpacking, well, do you have any takeaways from you know your travels, both like in a city and like you know on a trail, like? 
I guess that's a pretty broad question, so I'll let you make that of what you will. But I know you've also hiked the Appalachian Trail. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any other trails that you've hiked? No. Just just that one? I mean, just a little bit um, in Yosemite. I backpacked for a week in the um, in Yosemite in high school, which is super cool. Um, but nothing like the AT. Interesting. Um, I would say people are generally very great. People are good all over the world. And usually just trying to help you out. I think Anne Frank had a similar sentiment that most people are um, good. But then, you know, we didn't all read that in her diary after she died, so. Yeah. That's true. You know, I I I tried to find uh, the diary of Anne Frank in a library once, and I found, like, not the actual diary, but like a book about the diary, and I was so confused about what was going on because it had like all this information about out after she died, and I'm like, you sure, she wrote it. Well, like, <laughs> like Anne Frank's ghost, Anne Frank's reincarnation. Um, yeah, but uh, we well, last question. Um, hmm, what? areas of life does improv help out with that you know people might not suspect i found elevator rides are a lot easier on me socially um it also helps just always having a joke in your pocket um i think it's helpful in that like something that has helped me with improv is just being okay being very open to the idea that a scene might not go well that it might not be very funny and that just being fine. And so I think it helps with failure in general, just to be like, hey, I'm gonna try this new thing and maybe it's not gonna go well, and that's okay. Which is, I think, a good attitude to have. I, I, I've not always had the best mindset about failure, but something I read at one point has really stuck with me that I try to like repeat to others in a similar situation is, you'll never be a graceful master if you're unwilling to be an awkward beginner. Um, another more succinct way of putting this, uh, Jake the dog from Adventure Time said, the first part of being good at something is sucking at something. Which I learned, apparently the context for that quote is when they start their own plastic surgery office with zero, zero training. So I'm not, you know, I, I liked that quote a lot more yeah. before I learned about the second half. That, but um, Yeah, that doesn't seem like a good uh, <laughs> application of that. No, I mean, it's a, uh, there's, uh, there, there are a bunch of good quotes taken out of context <laughs> online, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, there's, there's also um, the idea that, you know, you're, current failures are building the basement for like the house and like your future success to rest upon and so i try to you know every mistake is just a mistake i don't have to make later or if i make it later i can do it differently and see what changes um Mm -hmm. my sister told me i've been getting it better at improv and that feels good kate i don't know if you listen to the podcast anymore but i appreciate you saying that i also think you know improv in general has made it a lot easier i would say to be open to things um I don't know if anyone else just heard that lightning. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I wanted to talk a little bit more about improv. However, I think uh, the weather has decided to end the episode right here. Peter, where would you like people to... F- oh, sorry. Is there anything else you'd like to share before we go? Uh, no, I don't think so, but this has been lovely, and it's so cool you've been doing this for over 100 episodes. 110, thank you. But uh, you don't want to tell people about you know the improv incubator where, where people meet on a... I guess so. Um, if you're in the Portland area, we meet every Wednesday 
Um, usually it's at the Woodford's Club. Um, the last couple times we've been doing it outside because it's just, we have an AC, but it's loud, so we don't always like to run it. So we've been doing it outside in different places, but um, there's a Facebook group where we will post where we're meeting. I always forget what it's called. I think it's the Portland Improv Incubator. You can just search for that. There's also a Instagram and a subreddit. Which oh. It's unclear if, everyone, if anyone actually goes to the subreddit. But it's, it's I actually there. found improv through Reddit because I, I, I've learned adding Reddit to things when you Google search makes it a lot easier to mm-hmm. find good stuff yeah. um, and accurate information. But um, yeah, so um, improv Wednesday night, 7 o'clock at the Woodford's Club. Afterward, mm-hmm. we go to a bar. Yep. Um, generally, the Great Lost Bear. Yep. Um, and it's just donation only. So it's the, the whole point is to try to make it pretty accessible for whoever. So. Yeah. Yeah, no audiences. No you gotta, audience, right. You gotta participate. Which is also hopefully makes it less stressful. You know it's never done before. I think you could charge like you know, if we had like an opera box set up somewhere, you could just, you know, charge for like all oh, these are audience tickets and we'll just you know, you can you can look at us through this one way mirror <laughs> of some sort and make it like a, a real kinda like rich person experience. That's kinda weird. Like we could charge like a lot of money and like yeah. I don't like. I don't love that. Yeah, I mean the ethics are ambiguous. Yeah. However. Yeah. And they like have a microphone and they like tell us to do weird stuff sometimes. Yeah, just like, like a police interrogation room. <laughs> I think it might be easier yeah. if we relocate to the police station. Um, Slide your hand across the window. <laughs> slowly. <laughs> just like. Ugh. <laughs> what all of us? Yeah. Right. Yeah. All of us. I think I think that could be a, a funny uh, oh like a, a, a okay so Peter is also a member of uh, Big Shirt which is a you know an improv sketch group I think it'd be funny to do a sketch where it's like Jigsaw but like you know like an improv person doing like scenes from a hat but like in the style of Jigsaw like now do a scene about a dentist's office uh, or you explode or something along those lines it's just very stressful um, you know that might be a college humor bit but I don't think college humor exists anymore. <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, we are out of time. Uh, where would you like people to find you? Um, yeah, I guess just those places, the Facebook group and the Instagram. I can't remember the Instagram. I think it's Portland. It might be Portland Emmy Improv, but probably if you search Portland Maine Improv, it'll pop up. There's lots of weird. I try to have some fun with that every week. Yeah. Yeah. On little post. Yeah. That's Portland, Maine, not Portland, Oregon. Were, were we yep. the OG Portland? We were. All right, well, I'm going to leave you on that fun fact because that is all the time we have. Thanks for listening. Our theme music is The Irish Washroom and as arranged by Maylee Charles. You can find Potlucky on Apple Music, Google Music, and Spotify. We also have an Instagram page. Feel free to post pictures of your smoking materials and tag me in them at Potlucky Podcast. Like what we do and want to see us grow? Consider supporting us on anchor.fm. You will hear from me next week. Peter might be in the mountains. He might be in another country. He probably won't be stoned. He might be doing improv. Um, So we're going to say goodbye together. Uh, Goodbye. Goodbye.